So, uh, <laughs> I want to talk about perfection tonight. You like that? How many are perfectionists? Is it just me? <laughs> Some things, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, actually, I could get my reading glasses, but then, then y'all would look really funny oh, when I look out at you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of references, especially in the New Testament, to being perfect. And, um, <clears throat> you know, the problem with being a perfectionist, and, and I think it's necessary for to, to, to have to be excellent. You know, you, you got to you have to you have to set the standard at perfect if you're going to get anywhere close to it. I think a lot of times it's easy just to say, well, we can't do it. So we might as well not try. Right. But with with God, he, he's a perfect God and he doesn't. Um, that's what his standard is. It's perfection. So. Um, <laughs> This is not something that we take on as a weight, but it's, it's what we've been given. So there's a reason why there's perfection. Um, you, know, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, our military stuff, when, when you're designing a, 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 a missile or something, man, if you're off just slightly, you know, it, it makes a difference, perfection. So what perfection is allows is for something to be effective. So, uh, uh, of course, my mind goes to... Um, Musical things, all right. <laughs> so, um, you know, we had this teacher when I was when I was a little kid, and our our house. You know, this this one thing about life has changed so much. We we had this up, um, what do you call it? A upright piano. It was it's actually it's really beautiful. It's in my, my my parents' house right now, next to the bay window that looks out over the the mountains and stuff. And mom will play it. And she can still play really well. It's really beautiful. Um, <clears throat> and uh, when, when they first got it it, it, it had a shellac on it, like a black shellac. And dad went over this thing. And it's got all this intricate stuff on it, you know. And dad went through it and, and stripped all of that off. And there's a really beautiful wood underneath of it. Anyway, all of us would practice on that piano. And we went up to this teacher up in, she's actually a pastor's wife, up in Sister Schachterly. Up in, uh, yeah, we everybody called brothers and sisters back then. You know, we don't really do that as much anymore. But, but she was sister Shackerly, and my dad was brother Bill, and and uh, <laughs> um, but there's there's certain things that that, that teachers uh, uh, there's a reason why a teacher is very strict about certain things. You know, um, how you hold your hands. Um, Oh, but I saw somebody else doing it this way. Well, <laughs> it's not going to, you're not going to be able to do some things in the future if you don't perfect this now. You know, I even had this happen with my dad. Um, you know, uh, well, it happened to me big time. <laughs> uh, I had, I had the, uh, the drama teacher taught me. He was a, he was a Jewish guy, really precious man. Um, that had taken a guitar class in college. And so that was my first teacher. He, he did, I don't ever think I ever heard him play. He had just taken a class so he knew how to teach it, you know. And uh, <clears throat> so he, he was real, you know, he was, oh, he was really, um, you know, dramatic and everything. So he would sit on the floor, you know, while he taught and stuff. And, and you know, every, so that, that kind of was reflected in my 
my position when I played the guitar. I was really sloppy. I mean, I would practice the guitar on the heater in the in the hallway in in high school. It was it was kind of fun. I mean, I I had these Bach pieces I was learning and stuff, you know. But I mean, I was so sloppy. I just kind of and my dad. <clears throat> I learned from my dad. My dad had this technique. I mean, he just learned to play however it would work for him, you know. Um, <clears throat> but it was he would anchor his his hand on the guitar itself, and then he would just kind of go like this, you know. And, you know, it's amazing what people can do uh, with with kind of whatever, you know. And you can hear some really amazing people play that way. <clears throat> so when I got to college, my, my teacher in college, he was a wonderful man also. Uh, but he wasn't real strict on me, and he kind of let me get away with some positioning and stuff uh, with my hands and whatnot. That, that um, By the end of my first year, we had this, man, this maestro come in. Um, Elliot Fisk was his name. And he was a, man, he was a technician. I mean, he was, he was amazing. I think he was a Jewish guy, too. He was, <laughs> he was a really, really amazing player. But, but so I, they, they do a thing called a master class. And that's, it's where the teacher will teach, you know, you, and a lot of students can sit and listen. And then you have different students play for them. And I had this, uh, this, um, this piece that I played. And I, I was kind of proud of myself and stuff. And man, he ripped me from one end to the other. You're sitting wrong. You're holding your hand wrong. Your hand's bouncing all over the place, you know, and stuff. And, and there's a reason why you strive for perfection because I was not able to play it the way it needed to be played until I changed some things to get them right. And, um, you know, this, this striving for perfection, I mean, it's, there's some things right now that... <laughs> I still don't have it down, but you know what? I'm not done, and I keep I keep thinking. You know what? I'm gonna just keep I'm gonna keep going towards this. You almost have to love the the, the process that's involved in going towards perfection, and not see it as something that's you're never going to get, but it's something you're always striving for. And there's a reason why. And 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 there's some. It's it's like there there's a there's a and I, you've probably heard me talk about this already, but there's a, there's a technique called a tremolo, and it's where you, 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 play, a, you play a bass note going up and down in, in, on the chords and stuff, and then, and then the melody is played on a, on a real fast repeating. Um, it's called a tremolo. And so, um, man, some of these guys can do it so fast. It's just really amazing. <laughs> and so that is one of the first pieces I learned was a, a thing uh, called... Recuerdos de la Lamba. It's a famous guitar piece, and it's based upon that. Well, I learned how to do that with the wrong technique when I was a kid. And so I can play it at a certain tempo, but not fast enough. And so I, I actually wrote a piece that's a tremolo piece. You know, I love this piece, but I can't play it yet. So I'm working on this, and it's like, and I asked God to help me. I said, God, help me. Because uh, part of my problem was I, I, I played with my natural nails growing up, and... Um, until I met my wife, and, and now I can actually learn how to play correctly. Part of my, my technique problem was my, my nails were really bad, and so I had to kind of turn my hand to get a decent sound. And so, and, and I married her for my nails, and, uh, and now I have to go to the uh, Vietnamese to get them done now because she didn't have time for me. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> but anyway, I, I love this, and so I, I asked God to help me, and, and, and you know, 
part of my challenge with, with, with learning a technique is most of the time I'm trying to not make mistakes. And this is partly where I want to get to tonight because so much of the time we're, we're trying to not do something wrong. You know what I mean? And, 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 I've, and I've, I think God helped me with this because a lot of it is how you think about stuff. And I thought, and what he's helping me to see is it's not about not playing the wrong way, it's playing the right way. And I know this sounds kind of simple, but I think it is. It's like you go towards the right way and you don't, the wrong way will be taken care of. Does that make sense? Okay, so 2 Corinthians 6, 14. It's in the intentional yoking with holiness that perfection is enabled. So there's this passage, and this is kind of how I got into this. Um, and a lot of times when we read this, we're thinking about, you know, not, not uh, having a relationship, not marrying somebody that d- doesn't believe the way we believe. Let's, let's kind of look at this as we go, and we'll, we'll see something here. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So if we can look at this yoking thing, it's, it's when you're actually doing something together. Um, when, you're, when you're actually having a purpose that is together, that you're actually agreeing with, and you're, and, and you're actually going in the same direction as somebody that doesn't believe. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? Um, and what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? Saying, how can you be doing two things and expect to be doing something else? Doing this and expect to be doing this, right? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Okay, so it, there is... There is a necessity of coming out and being separated. But what I want to look at is sometimes this can be a a very great challenge for us if we're trying to just separate. Because there's a part of who we've been made to be. I learned to play the guitar wrong. So there's going to be a process in, in, in developing perfection in a certain area. I'm going to have to keep pressing towards that. I'm going to have to keep coming out. I'm going to have to get, this is why, this is why they're, they're, it's not that we're not supposed to, to love anybody that's in the world, that's in the, not love anybody that's in the world. It's we're not supposed to be yoked up together. Then. But we're naturally given to these things. We're naturally given to being entertained by the world. We're naturally uh, to, to entering into strife, to entering in, even in our thought patterns. Uh, I think men have a, a, a lot of natural issues with how they think. And how things come out, right? And so he's, 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 he's saying to come out, but he's not just saying to come out. And this is where, what I want to see here. He said, don't just come out, but realize what you're coming out to. Make it about something that you are doing that is so much better than what you're coming out of. He said, I, I said you're going to be, I'm going to live in you. I'm going to move in you. Come out. And live in me. Come out and, and move in me. You see this? 
He says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So there's this coming out, and, and, and it will be obvious. There will be things that we have to let go. There will be just ways of doing things. And, and partly why I'm saying this is I really believe God is leading us to be effective in these times right now. And, but, but for that to happen, there needs to be some techniques that are learned. There needs to be some perfection. And this is not a wait, and it's not something that we're doing on our own. No, we're coming out, and we're doing something that God has already provided for us. He said, you're, gonna be my, you're going to be my son. So instead of coming out and, and, and trying to not be in the world, we come out and be in him. Do you see the difference? So how you get separated is by where you're going to. By, by focus on, on what you do have. <laughs> do you see this? Okay, let's keep going. All right, so this is, this is what, where I saw this. Because it is upon us to, to be perfect. We're actually told to be perfect. Ah, uh, we can't do that. And, and God's gonna be the one that's doing it. Well, well, he has perfected us on the inside, but we still have this flesh. We still have this natural tendency to do so. <laughs> Is this just me? Am I just kind of revealing myself? <laughs> right? I mean, we have, we have triggers. And, and everybody has a different trigger. <laughs> there are personalities in our life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, was, I was thinking about, because... There's some things that, that I've, I've shed from my life um, that I really enjoyed a lot. You know, you just naturally do things, especially when I was driving a lot. You know, I had stuff I would listen to on the radio, and, and it was conservative, and it was, you know. But, but I, I don't even want to anymore, you know? <laughs> See? If you pray long enough, if you... If, there's an answer to prayer. I'm praying what? Now, here's the thing. I, because we're still, we still live in this flesh, we still have a propensity to do some other things that if we let ourselves do it, our flesh can still, if I, if I still go back to playing another way, it's still gonna keep me from that perfection. So I have, and here's something that, we, that you have to do is, this is something I learned practicing. You're not gonna learn it in one day. You, in fact, it's better if you, if you take and concentrate, and this is something that I really learned in college, is you slow it down and you see exactly what's going on. And I've been asking God, so what's going on when I do this? Yeah, what, what? Let's slow this thing down. Now, 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 this happened and this happened, and then this is what I did. It's like, show me what's going on here, right? Because it's not his fault, right? It's not God failing. And this is partly what, this is usually what happens is we end up losing faith in God based upon our inability to be perfected. Can you see that? <laughs> So let's keep going here in the, in the word. Okay, so therefore, 
Having what promises? God said, I'm going to come and I'm going to be your father and you're going to be my sons and my daughters. Is that, what kind of promise is that? You know, I think sometimes we just really don't take it. We just really don't have a full understanding of what this is. He, what happens with a father and a son there is communicated, there is transmitted inheritance, there's transmitted nature. You know what I mean? And he, he said, this is what you're going to do. When you come out and you let go of that relationship being yoked up to things, what is that? That, that means your, your purpose in your life is actually hooked up with things in the world. And he says, you, you cannot be hooked up with me and hooked up with the world. You just can't do that. And, and if, instead of trying to think about trying to let go of the world, think about where you're going. I promised you that I'm going to be your father. You're going to be my son. Wow. You know what? If we could just really get a revelation of ourselves as I like that song we sing all the time, you know, um, <laughs> I am who you say I am, you know, it's a great song, but. But it, it, when does it actually become how we're living? Because how we're living, when you become a son of the most high, a daughter of the most high. You know, he, he says this, he says, be holy because I'm holy. Well, that's really nice to say. I mean, you're holy, I can understand that. What's he saying? Because you're in me. Don't try to not to quit doing stuff, just be in me. Right? So therefore, having these promises, beloved, don't you like this? He doesn't say terrible people that aren't doing this yet. Don't you like that? Man, this is something that I've really gotten revelation from God is that he loves me when I mess up. He loves me when I'm not perfect. He loves me when I, you know, I used to play the guitar and I would mess up in the middle of a performance and I'd go, I'd, it was so embarrassing, you know? I did it once. I was playing Yeast, Joy, Joy of Man's Desiring in church, and I had to stop. And I, I think I even said something. You know, it's like, <laughs> and, and, and it's like, why even bother, you know? But God doesn't ever have that perspective of us. When we mess up, he doesn't say, why do they even bother? No, he says, beloved, right? right. <laughs> Let us. And let, you know, this is really cool because this isn't Paul saying, y'all need to do this or else. He says, let us. It's like that lover salad, let us alone, right? <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, I just couldn't, couldn't help. <laughs> let us do what? Cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. Now, this sounds like a daunting task that we can't do, and that's why Jesus came to make it, and it is true. And this is what we need to see in this. is not that we're supposed to start trying to tackle stuff in our life, but he said having these promises. So what do you do? You take the promise to get cleansed. You let the promise cleanse you. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, I can want to be clean all I, you know, I, I can, it's like... Like I can be out with my dog and, and he can, he can, man, he stinks and, and I'm nasty and I'm, I'm a mess and I can come in and I can think, man, I just really want to be clean. Now I'm just going to quit 
hanging out with my dog. But you know, until I go get in the shower, I'm still going to stink, you know? And, and God says, don't try to stop stinking. Just come get in the shower. So just says so having these promises, having a shower, go get clean. How, what do you do? You get into the presence of God. You start become, becoming consumed with how holy he is, and it washes off on you. Amen? Is that good? From all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. So what happens with, with, the, with, with an issue in the flesh it taints your spirit. It, it, it causes you to not have, to have the ability to, to walk in the power of God. Man, I, I, we're reading right now in Acts. Everybody reading with us? And, and you know, uh, man, there's some amazing things that they did, you know, raising people from the dead and, and you know, all this kind of stuff. What, what makes that possible? And I'm saying, God, again, let's break this down. So, so how do we get there? Let's break it down. Well, there's got to be some perfection. Amen? There's got to be setting a standard of perfection anyway, right? I'm just gonna not going to talk about people anymore. How? By, by being in the presence of God. You know what? He doesn't, he doesn't condemn. Jesus said, I don't condemn anybody. How can I? What are, what are we doing when we have any words of condemnation about anybody? We're yoking up with the world. Yeah, right? Right? And he said, you, you can't yoke up with me and yoke up with that. Right. So instead of trying to stop that, because you know what? We just naturally do. Yeah. What do we do? We just start being filled with the Spirit, hanging out with God. All right, I got to get going here. So perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Isn't that amazing? So we have an we have a promise that says he's going to be our father. We're going to be his son. But what does that need to do? It needs to cause us to be completely aware of his presence. Amen. So we're doing something right. We're not trying to not do something. Amen. Okay. Let's let's go here. So the purpose of sonship is perfection. Matthew five forty three through forty eight. <clears throat> Jesus is talking here. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. He's saying, you know what? Quit trying to pretend like you're going to be religious or, or pleasing God by just loving your family. <laughs> he said, God takes it. Your father, it, now it's in a relationship here. It's not just you being in a religion anymore, trying to please God to, to gain something. Now, he's, he's, put, he's made you a son, and so now it's on a whole higher level now. The standard is raised. Do you see this? It's kind of good, isn't it? That you may be sons of your father in heaven. He said, you know what? To be that son that we were promised in 2 Corinthians, we're going to have to take things to a higher standard, right? For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the, the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? But uh, do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the tax, collect, tax collectors do the so? Therefore, you shall be what? Perfect, 
just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So for sonship to take place, how many say, it's fun to sing that song, it's fun to sing that song. With that song comes a standard of perfection. Whoa. And it's kind of important. Why does God need us to be perfect? Because God wants to do something in this world that he's not going to be able to, the music of God is not going to be able to be heard unless we've got the technique down. Unless we've got some perfection. Amen? And it's, it's not something that we don't already have, but we have to apply it. Amen? Got to get in the shower. All right. Ephesians 4, 11. God's perfection is through his servants. So here's another part of this is, is what happens a lot of times is there's, there's pride that rises up. And I'm, I'm talking to the choir now, so this is for somebody else. But you keep make notes for somebody else. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but a lot of times what happens, especially in the day that we live right now, is we think that we can judge every... God sends somebody to speak life to us. God sends gifts to us to speak to us. And, um, and we can discount it as not as we already know it or we already, I mean, I'm talking right now and either you're accepting this as it's God's word or not. <laughs> All right. You know what I mean? And there needs to be this understanding that my perfection is not going to be alone. My perfection depends upon other members of the body. There's a supply that comes from the body that I'm going to need. I'm going to need Michael. Amen? And you know, I found that we just got together once and had coffee, and that blessed me. Our interaction with the, this is the way God has designed it, that we don't get perfection alone. If Elliot Fisk hadn't come and told, and ripped me up one end of, you know, made me, made me really embarrassed, I would have never got serious about changing some things. Amen? And I had to, I had to, Accept what he said. I couldn't say, ah, oh, he doesn't know. I'm just going to keep, sounds pretty good to me. No, I, I have to change. Amen? So there's this humility that has to take place in the body. And he himself, and he himself, don't you like this? This isn't just somebody making themselves something. This is God doing this. He himself gave some to be apostles some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to what? A perfect man. Oh, so there's, there's this level that we're supposed to be getting to, right? Did you know that our interaction in the body of Christ is part of the, the, the cleansing from the world? That, that when, when we have strongholds in our life, when we have relationships with other people, it, it's, it sheds light on who we are. And it, and it allows the purity of the spirit to actually liberate us from things, right? To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, you know, it's not enough to just confess a bunch of scriptures and say, I'm complete in Christ. <laughs> I can play anything. I can play just like the best people in the world. No, you have to conform to something that's going to help you to do it. You're going to have to go study how it's done, right? 
that we no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And what was that purpose? What is the purpose of love? Just so that we can all just feel comfy with each other and everything else? No, it's to equip us to be perfect for a purpose of God. God has, has, a, has a kingdom purpose for us that doesn't work when we're yoked up with things that are not of him. Right. Amen? Okay. Are you good? I got a little bit more for y'all. <laughs> so 1 Peter 5, 6. It's under God's mighty hand that perfection against the enemy's threats is found. Therefore, humble yourself. So this, this, being a part of the body of Christ, saying, okay, somebody has something for me that I need from God, Right? And of course, as a pastor, I'm going to say that there's a real purpose in being faithful to the church, to attend. It's necessary for your perfection. Why? Because we have all the answers? No, because you're humbling yourself. And you're saying, I need this. And that in itself is part of the perfection process. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And what did we just see? That God said, he himself ordained for there to be an input, right? And what you're doing is when you're getting yourself under his ordination of, of, of ministry, and actually you're stepping into it as God leads you, right? There is a humility to the hand of God. Actually, for me to do what I'm doing right now is... is I'm, I'm humbling myself to the hand of God. <laughs> it's, it, this is not about me. I'm being faithful to, to do what he's given me to do, right? right? That he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, the exalting of you is not about you. Here's what happens when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. What you're doing is you're submitting to his perfection in your life. And now he's able to use you and exalt you in a way that will bring him glory. That until you're humble before him, that your perfection is not going to be complete. You're yoked up with the world, right? Okay. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that your same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. This, this, is, this is the main passage we've been doing in our men's, right? Um, and this is good. But may the, the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle. Don't you like that? Being settled. What is being settled? Knowing who you are. Yeah. Knowing what you can do. Exactly. Being confident, right? Exactly. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Now, what I want to touch on real quick here is he's talking about suffering. What is suffering? Okay, I'll, I'll go into this, this thing again. You know, it just drives me nuts to not do something right. Sin is a suffering of our flesh. It's a suffering, um, 
and, and there, might be a, there might be some pleasure associated with it. And again, we're, we're, we're not just talking about, you know, terrible, terrible things. It's, it's anything that's not of faith is, is sin, right? And, 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 and what God is doing, he's not wanting to badger us and say, bad, bad sinner. What he's wanting to say is what the sin is doing is keeping you from the perfection that God has for your life that will enable you to play some nice music, right? Now, what happens every time you submit to the presence of God, every time your flesh doesn't get its way, there's suffering involved. So if we can look at this suffering just a little bit different, this isn't something that, that is necessarily us, you know, having to endure something terrible. It's our, our flesh not getting its way, and so now we're having to make an adjustment in our life to where we're not listening to conservative radio anymore. And it might hurt at first. But he says, if you'll just submit to this, what God's able to do when your flesh says, ow, is perfect you. Amen? And you want to get, we all say, yeah, I want to get to that place where I'm settled, where I'm confident. You know where you get to that place? Is when you humble yourself before God and you allow there to be some ouches in your flesh. Right? <laughs> Don't you like this song? Because it's not something, well, let me, let me keep going because, man, this is so important. All right. So Romans seven fifteen. So <laughs> it's walking, yoking with the spirit that overcomes tendencies of the flesh. So this is an interesting, um, you know, this is where Paul says, and I, and I believe he's talking about himself, uh, especially before being um, changed. And, and this is the whole time where he's saying, you know, I want to do something right and I can't do it right, you know, and, and, and I want to uh, not do something, yet I do it. And what he's saying is, is there is bound up in our flesh this tendency to do what is wrong, right? For what that which I do... That which I do, I allow not. <laughs> he said, I want to I, I do what's right, and yet I end up doing the wrong thing, right? For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. Man. And, and he just goes on. I just pulled that one verse out. You guys are familiar with that. But a lot of times... It, there, there's there's a tendency for us to lay hold upon that and say, well, it just can't be done. It's just it's just built up in our flesh. I really believe he's talking about before we have been changed by the power of God. That, and yet we are still in this same flesh that's going to need some attention, right? And so he goes into the eighth chapter and he starts it off by saying there's no condemnation don't you like that God's saying beloved I love you even if you're messing up I love you but what Jesus did for us is he took care he provided something for for us to go to that is no longer our, our identity we don't say this is what I do we, we don't say this is, this is my stronghold. This is, no, he's came and he dealt with the, that thing in our flesh so that we can be free from it. Amen? For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Now, here's, here's the challenge for us as Christians because if there is, is an issue in our flesh, what we want to tend to do, even as Christians, is mind it. 
We want to feel like we have to figure it out somehow or feel bad enough somehow. And, and, and Paul starts off this chapter by saying, no, we take condemnation out of this altogether. We don't even mind that anymore. We don't look to that anymore. Amen? It's not about us trying to fix ourselves anymore. <laughs> We've been made sons of the most high. We start being sons of the most high, not trying to not be sons of the devil. You see the difference? And that's what he's saying here in these two chapters. He's saying, you know what? In your flesh, you're never going to be able to do this. But understand this. Jesus took care of your flesh. So now you have a new identity in him that instead of trying to not be something, you be something. Amen? But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit, what do you do? Instead of trying to deal with the flesh, you start minding the spirit isn't that good you see the difference it's actually really powerful isn't it so instead you know if you just start doing what's right you're not going to have to worry about what's wrong and there's plenty to do for there to be victory there must be a mind towards its perfection so what what we do is, is 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 we get our mindset on things above we set our standard on what God is doing, not trying to not do something wrong. Amen. Philippians 3.12. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected. Don't you like this? Man, so many times we as Christians can, can, can set on what we've already done as if it's something, you know? And it's like, I, I, or, or, you want to identify with Paul in the seventh chapter of Romans and say, I can't do it right anyhow, so I'm just going to depend on the grace of God and just go ahead and enjoy myself, right? And you never reach perfection. All you learn how to do is play country and western songs. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> All you learn is three chords. How can you do that? I don't know. <laughs> There's so much more. <laughs> but that's how it is in God. You know what? God will let us play country and western songs if that's all we want to play. But he says, if you want to go up higher, there's another place for you to go, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, won't, I, won't, I don't have time to. Okay. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Don't you like that? He said, there is so much to press towards. I don't need to, to deal with what Jesus already took care of. He took care of the condemnation of my flesh. Why do I need to spend time looking at that? Right. that that's not my father anymore. My father is a holy God. Amen. Now I'm just going to be with my father. And, and the more I'm with him, the more I'm going to be perfected. There's, there's still, I'm going to have hiccups. I'm, I'm still going to do something. But I don't focus on those things. Your liberation from hiccups is not holding your breath. It's not trying to not do it. It's, it's doing something else, right? Kissing your wife. I don't know. I don't ever get hiccups. So um, 
I just thought that was fun. All right. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Don't you like that? He says, I forget those other things. Even those things that would seem like they're, they're present. When it comes to Christ, they're behind. He already took care of them, right? One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Don't you like that? I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us. Don't you like that? He said, y'all don't do, y'all aren't going to be doing something I'm not doing. I'm, 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 I'm pressing. Go with me. Amen? As many as are mature have this mind. So what is this mind? This mind is setting a standard of perfection. Oh, God wants us to have a mind that is set on perfection. Not loopholes, not trying to get by with something, not trying to see, just say, okay, it's okay for people to be a certain way, and not turning into a a judgmental thing either. Amen? Because here's what really happens with this. The more, it's like Paul right here. The more you press in to the grace of God and the perfection that is, is provided there, the more you see that this it's the same thing for everybody else around you. And you cannot condemn anymore. Because everything that your perfection is dependent upon is the grace of God. All right. This is good, right? All right, one more here. The work is already done. And then all we do is we press towards that work. Titus 3, 3. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient. Deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. (laughs) But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, He did what? He saved us. Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So I just wanted to end on this because this is something that is by the Holy Spirit Aren't you grateful for the Holy Spirit? Yes. This is part of the work of that is what happens when we, and I, and I encourage us in our prayer life, in praying in the Holy Spirit, allow there to be a, a, a revelation of our relationship with, with our Father, God. And here's part of, you know, we're not supposed to be conformed unto the world, but we're supposed to be renewed, uh, transformed by the renewal of our mind. Here's the problem. Uh, Paul was talking about this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this, it's all in our mind. And here's what, when we have the mind of Christ, how do we have the mind of Christ? We have it from the word that he spoke, but we also have it from the spirit. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. So with the Holy Spirit, what we get is a transformation 
through renewal of our mind. There's, there's a necessity, praying in the Holy Spirit, for let it, letting it become a mind transformation. So what we're seeing while we're praying in the Spirit is that place that God has taken us that's beyond. Amen? And when, when we're praying, we're not just, we're not just, it's not just a formality. Something needs to be happening in our mind. Amen? To where we're being transformed. From somebody who yields, if, if, if you walk in the spirit, you don't fulfill what the flesh wants to do, right? Well, how do you walk in the spirit if you're not praying in the spirit, <laughs> you know? If you're, not, if you're not living in the spirit, how does that, I'm so, Jesus said this is, this is something I, ha, you, I have to go so you can get this, this comforter, this, this one that's going to help you to Press beyond the limitations of your flesh and have a mind that is yielding to the spirit. Oh, what, what, let me just look at this real quick. Uh, what was that one? Oh, yeah, Romans 8, 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Anytime we're having a problem with our flesh, it's because our mind is involved. Right? But if you're going to get victory over the flesh, you start minding the things of the Spirit. Amen? And it will transform your whole life. What I like about that is it says, you will be transformed. Not just your mind. (laughs) You, everything about you will be transformed if your mind is transformed. Amen? But... You see how the necessity, and I just want to leave with this. There's a necessity for us to take this and say, just going through life, mediocre, putting up with stuff, not living in victory is not an option. Perfection is the standard. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Having your missile land in the ocean when it's supposed to land on a city somewhere is just not a good idea. You know, (laughs) so, all right, this is good though, amen. Father, we thank you.